Do you have a friend who's celiac or an aunt with rheumatoid arthritis? Wildly different experiences, but both autoimmune diseases, which happen when our immune systems start attacking healthy cells. And they're more common than you might think. One in eight of us have one of these conditions. If you have an autoimmune disease, how easy has it been for you to find out why you have it? Recently on Life Matters, I spoke with physician Gabor Mate, who made some pretty bold claims about the role stress plays in autoimmune disease? It clearly has to do with stress. And if you look at the scientific literature on multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis, you see the documented connection between childhood trauma, stress, and these diseases. Gabor Mate there. You can find the full interview from a couple of weeks ago on our website or the ABC Listen app. How much is actually known about the causes of autoimmune diseases? Alyssa Dienick is an Associate Professor of Immunology at the University of New South Wales and she co-leads the Precision Immunology Program at the Garvin Institute. Alyssa, great to have you with us on the program. Thanks for having me on. Now, there are dozens of chronic incurable diseases that result from autoimmunity. What exactly are they? Is there a mechanism that they all share? Yeah, well, actually, there's probably more than 80 um, different autoimmune diseases. And what ties them all together, together, as you referred to earlier, is that it's about our immune system uh, attacking our own uh, body's cells. And so we know our immune system is meant to fight off infections, bacteria, viruses, that kind of thing. And, you know, you've heard probably a lot in the last few years about T and B cells and their role, which are immune cells, and their role in fighting off infection. But in autoimmune diseases, something goes wrong with the control of these cells. And so you turn on T and B cells that recognize parts of our own body and they start causing damage and kind of the symptoms that we see in autoimmune disease. But actually what's driving these this lack of control uh, varies a lot uh, in, in different people and in different conditions. Well, and tell us a bit about some of the symptoms and conditions because, as you say, they vary so widely. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about your immune system attacking the cells, most of the damage uh, and symptoms you see are going to be because you've damaged that part of your body. So, for example, in type 1 diabetes, your immune system... Uh, attacks the cells that produce insulin in your pancreas. So that means you no longer have cells to produce uh, insulin. Uh, Also, you know, in multiple sclerosis, you attack uh, the central nervous system, so you get the symptoms associated with that. You can attack your thyroid, and that affects thyroid function. And then there's also kind of – so most of those, that's you've destroyed part of your body and that you've got problems, but they're also – kind of crazy autoimmune diseases, Uh, like there's one that attacks, uh, you get B cells that make an antibody to a receptor in the brain and you end up with kind of psychiatric symptoms. So there's an incredibly broad range of symptoms that you can get from these different conditions. Are we seeing more of them as time goes by or or stable? (laughs) Yeah, the evidence seems to suggest that uh, they're they're increasing in uh, in society. Right. Um, of course, you've always got to. That comes with the caveat that we're probably better at um, detecting them now. So, for example, things like celiac disease. I suspect in the past there were a lot of people that had celiac disease, but just kind of gritted their teeth and and put up with the kind of symptoms. But even when you account for that, it does look like there is a, an increasing number in particularly in, in some um, autoimmune diseases. I'm speaking. That we have better numbers for. 
Okay, uh, thank you. We're speaking with Alyssa Deenick. She's an Associate Professor of Immunology at the University of New South Wales about some of the uh, the things we know and the things we're yet to find out about autoimmune diseases. Alyssa, we heard before from physician and author Gabor Mate who believes strongly that stress and trauma play a significant role in triggering autoimmune conditions. What does the evidence say? Yeah, look, there are some studies that have uh, tried to look at this and look at the effect of uh, stress and trauma on autoimmune disease. Uh, these are kind of largely observational or retrospective studies where you kind of you look back and you say, oh, did that person have stress? And, you know, did the people with stress develop more? Um, so in these kind of things, there's a lot of confounding factors and you can't be entirely sure that the stress caused it or whether it's just kind of associated. So some of those studies, though, do show slightly increased rates of autoimmunity in people who were stressed. But even if we kind of take the, the strongest data, it's kind of maybe 1.3, you know, if you had stress, a stress disorder or extreme trauma, maybe you've got 1.3 times the the risk of kind of one of these diseases. And if you compare that to other things where we know you know, that there's a cause and effect, for example, smoking and lung cancer, with that you're talking, you know, maybe 15 to 30 times the risk of smoking with lung cancer. So we're talking actually a relatively small change in risk. Yeah. But we do know that stress has an impact, uh, has many impacts on our body. You know, you get release of things like cortisol, uh, when we're stressed, which impacts the immune system um, in different ways. So it is possible that with further research, we'll find some links uh, between these things. What do we know for sure about the factors that can contribute to someone's chances of developing an autoimmune disease, Alyssa? I mean, as you say, it's it's a complex system that we're looking at. Yeah, so we know that the risk of autoimmune disease is kind of a mix of uh, genetics and environment. Uh, so... You know, we in uh, we see kind of often in families that there's a higher um, rate of um, autoimmunity in some families than others. And people have done kind of studies of uh, the genome to look for kind of genes that increase your risk of particularly autoimmune disease. So we know that there is a genetic component. But then, of course, not everybody with those genes ends up with autoimmunity. So there's clearly environmental factors as well. So there can be things like... Um, infections that can drive things. Um, there are some interesting kind of stats about, you know, so things like MS, which latitude you live at. So if you live, you know, closer to the poles, you have higher, there are higher rates of MS amongst those people than people who live quite closer to the equator. Wow, that we is a bizarre idea, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Both <laughs> you know, rates in Tasmania <laughs> are higher than in northern Queensland. Right. Is that about yeah. temperature? Or, you know, potentially, um, you know, UV exposure. I mean, they're also potentially, you know, a whole lot of other in difference environmentally. You know, maybe they eat different food. <laughs> well, I understand but, yeah. that gut health is a, a potentially a factor. What do we know about that? Yeah. So, I mean, particularly when you're thinking about um, some of the autoimmune diseases that affect the guts or inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, then it makes sense that, you know, if you've got a kind of dysregulation of your gut that can potentially um, drive those kind of things. So changes in kind of that bacteria or the viruses that you have 
living in your gut because each of us kind of has like a normal kind of bacterial flora that lives in our gut. And so there's some uh, research that shows that in people who have uh, autoimmune diseases, there are changes in kind of the composition of the bacteria in their gut. And that may do things like kind of increase the general level of inflammation and the general activation of your immune system, uh, leading to kind of more risk of it uh, kind of getting out of control and responding to the wrong things. More women than men develop autoimmune diseases, I understand too. Do we know why that is? Yeah, again, we're still we're still not entirely sure. So um, it also depends on which autoimmune disease you're talking about. So if you look at things like lupus or, you know, MS, we see a clear, you know, much higher rates of women with those diseases than men. But there are some other ones where, it's a bit more equal. So uh, kind of the hypothesis is that it's a combination of things like differences in hormones, but also kind of genetic differences because of course women have two X chromosomes, men have an X and a Y. So there may be kind of genes on the X or Y chromosome that are also impacting kind of the risk of uh, autoimmunity and kind of how activated your immune system is. Really interesting sounding text has just popped in. I have noted a large number of men in their 50s and 60s seem to be getting polymyalgia rheumatica. Um, They don't say where this information comes from. They go on, I wonder if this is related to the popularity of vasectomies. I have read that as a result of vasectomies, the immune system develops antibodies to a man's sperm and this can lead to the onset of autoimmune diseases. Can you comment? Uh, it's actually not an area that I'm, I'm familiar with. But, I mean, we do know that um, kind of physical trauma can, um, you know, to a particular, you know, tissue can potentially increase the inflammation and your risk of, um, you know, developing an immune response there. But uh, I, I actually don't know anything about the vasectomies and the rate of autoimmunity in general, so I'd have to come back to you on that. No, no that's good to know. Uh, many other texts too. Great question. It says, one, my diagnosis came with no reason. Stress, the coverall possibilities. That's in response to the idea of whether or not stress can uh, contribute to the cause of an autoimmune disease. Another says, uh, I have multiple autoimmune diseases, but getting a definite diagnosis is very hard. My main diagnosis by exclusion is mixed connective tissue disease. I got this condition after the trauma of my mother dying. There is a lot of immune disorders in my family, including dietary issues, which I also have. And this one, my daughter has autoimmune disease and chronic fatigue for over 10 years with undiagnosed pain, which no one can help us with. She suffers from strong anxiety and has just been diagnosed at age 30 with low needs autism. We are at a loss, says Jane, to as we're to turn we have spent thousands of dollars and no relief. Now, Alyssa Dinick, I know you're a researcher, not a clinician, but for people living with an autoimmune disease, how much hope is there in the research that's happening lately that we'll be able to develop new treatments and better diagnoses? Yeah, uh, look, I think in the coming years, there is a lot of hope. Um, kind of as one of your listeners has referred to, one of the big problems with uh things like autoimmunity, but immune kind of health in general is that actually we don't have really good ways of kind of measuring it. Like the kind of the test that you get when you, you know, go to your doctor that look at your immune system kind of are are pretty blunt in terms of 
telling us what's wrong with it. So there's really a move within kind of immunology research to kind of find better ways of identifying each individual or what's wrong with your immune system. Is it healthy or actually does it have some problems? And um, that will mean that people can get like faster diagnosis. And also hopefully it will mean that we can get kind of better, more targeted treatments for people. Because one of the things with autoimmune disease is because, you know, years ago when we started detecting them, we didn't really understand the drivers of it. So they were mm. largely diagnosed based on what organ they attacked, kind of what your symptoms were. But, of course, you might have someone who has the same end symptoms that, you know, my mutants are attacking my joints or my connective tissue, but two people with that same outcome might actually have completely different drivers that are causing their immune system to go wrong and cause that damage. And so really there's a lot of research going on at the moment to say, actually, can we work out what the driver is, not what the, the mm. end effect is at the end. So like, you know, it's good if we can treat that, but even better if we can get back at the start where things are going wrong, then we can have – uh, treatments that are more targeted and have less side effects because anyone who uh, has autoimmunity and is on treatment will probably know that most of the drugs that we currently use pretty much uh, non-specifically suppress the immune system, which yeah, isn't the best way be... to go. Really, you want to you hit, you know, just the bit that's causing a problem for your disease and leave the bit that fights infection untouched. Yes, yeah, that's a big problem for people. Alyssa Dienick, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Alyssa is an Associate Professor of Immunology at the University of New South Wales and she co-leads the Precision Immunology Program at the Garvin Institute. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.